Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Radio Stranahan. Lee Stranahan, thank you. It was a privilege for me to meet you last weekend. You're tuned into Radio Stranahan. And now, here's your presenter, Lee Stranahan. Good afternoon, everybody. Lee Stranahan. Radio Stranahan. Hi. How you doing? You smell sweet. Got a big episode of Radio Stranahan today. First hour, we're going to be talking to TV's Cindy Brady from the Brady Bunch. Perhaps you've heard of them. Susan Olson will be joining us and talking about a recent controversy she's found herself embroiled in that I think is really a controversy about free speech once again and how apparently if you voted for Donald Trump, you're not supposed to have it. It's against the rules. And we'll also talk to her about being a Trump supporter in Hollywood. Also, we'll be talking more about Aleppo, the situation there. My friend and colleague Brandon Darby will be joining me in the second hour to talk about some new stuff he's found that may give more credence to my theory my friend Seb Gorka called it a conspiracy theory yesterday. I disagree. I think it's a conspiracy fact. But we'll be talking more about the moves that the Obama administration is making in regards to Russia. All that and more, including your calls. I'm going to urge you to call again. That seemed to work well yesterday. 619-924-0786. That number again. 619-924-0786. If you'd like to call and be part of the program, we would love to have you. Once again, I am America's Finest Reporter, making you smarter by making you more independent as well. That's what I try to do. And uh, like I say, a big show, this, uh, this controversy with Susan Olson, we'll be getting into that in depth. But I think it's part of the doubling down that we've seen since the election the complete denial, anything they can do to try to demolish Trump and try to keep him from taking the oath of office. You know, we talked about this, but look, it's very clear that the left and the media are absolutely petrified, and they know Steve Bannon's the problem. Trust me. This is why they spend so much time going after Bannon. They know that with Steve Bannon in there as head of strategy, Donald Trump means what he says. In fact, did you hear any of Donald Trump's speech yesterday that he gave in Wisconsin? That was fascinating, and not just because of the Paul Ryan being like a fine wine line. That's a hard thing to say, by the way, fine wine line. It's tricky, but... I'm apparently I'm a master of elocution, and so I can pull off what many can't. But that's the big line that's getting noticed is him calling Ryan fine, like fine wine. We will sell no Paul Ryan before it's time, I think, is the phrase. I sort of think of, of Paul Ryan more as like a wine cooler. Sort of he's a, the Bartles and James, a Republican. Is that possible to say without getting sued? I don't know, but I just said it. So I'll have a team of barristers looking into it momentarily. 
But that's the line that got the big notice because, of course, Paul Ryan is not, in fact, like a fine wine, really. But, look, this is the thing. One of the callers asked this yesterday. Why is he saying nice stuff about – why is Donald Trump saying nice stuff about Obama? And I think the reason why is because, again, he's trying to be more presidential and not going after, you know, not going after people in a, as vicious a way. And because Ryan's working with him, he admitted it. If Ryan goes up against him, he's going to go after him again. He talked about that yesterday, too, when he met with Kanye, who he says he's been friends with for years. By the way, I thought that was great. I thought that was great. I'm completely in favor of Kanye showing up at Trump Tower for this reason, primarily. It will make the cultural left nutty. It's already done so. They already want to throw Kanye out of the club. When Obama met with Jay-Z, he was awesome. Kanye meeting with Donald Trump, throw him under the bus. That's the way it goes. By the way, breaking news alert that the Fed just increase interest rates for the first time in a year. Interesting, interesting. I think we'll get more into this with Brian, uh, with Brandon Darby later. But the other line I was going to point out that Donald Trump said yesterday in his speech in Wisconsin is he reiterated his intention to build a wall on the southern border, I should ask Brandon about that when we have Brandon on later. But he reiterated. He repeated. He said again that he's going to build a wall. And I think this lets the liberals know that he actually intends to build a wall. That's kind of a hint when you say it after you're elected. And they really thought, they really, really thought that there was no way he was going to build a wall. No possible way. And again, there's been a lot of people freaking out. In fact, I'm going to tell you something. By the way, we're waiting. Susan Olson's going to be calling in in about 10 minutes, I think. And we'll be discussing her latest controversy. Is it latest? I don't know if it's latest. Does Susan Olson have a lot of controversies? I don't think so. But I spoke to her last night about it, and it should be controversial. Because I just viewed another attack on Trump fans' free speech. But let me say something else. Let me point out another thing here. Uh, Taking it on a slightly different topic. But I had a thought this morning. I'm just going to run this thought by you. And again, if you want to call in to talk about it at any point during the show, 619-924-0786. I appeared on the Whatever It Takes show on Breitbart with the great Kurt Schilling. And I say great because I hate the Yankees. I'm a Red Sox fan. And Kurt Schilling was part of the crew that helped demolish them and win the Red Sox the World Series back 10 years ago or so. A little, little, little more. And, uh, oh, then they won it again. That was great. But uh, just beating the Yankees was fine for me. So it's always a thrill to be on with Kurt Schilling. And he had on me on, we were talking about Aleppo, a topic we'll discuss in depth later right here. But I had a thought. I was about to go on with Kurt Schilling. And I thought to myself, there's a controversial statement coming up, so you might want to hold on to something. If you have a seat cushion, 
you have a seatbelt, I would put it on. If you're wearing a seatbelt, even if you're not driving, put a seatbelt on. So I was thinking about Kurt Schilling. Here is a high-achieving individual by any standards. One of the great pitchers of the modern era, an incredible record. Not to mention the whole bloody sock thing. That's all another deal. But a great pitcher, high-achieving individual, then went on to a successful broadcast career. Until liberal censorship cut that short as well, but I digress. But I was thinking about Kurt Schilling, and I was thinking about, here's a guy who obviously knows quite a bit about setting goals, setting lofty goals, and tying those goals to a sense of purpose. Kurt makes no bones about being a Christian, so that's his purpose, the higher purpose he's serving. I never got to talk to Kurt about this, but I'm still riffing on it. So I got to thinking about this. And do you know who else has set high goals and tied it to a big purpose? Now, if you're about to say Donald Trump, you're both right and wrong, because you're right. Donald Trump clearly did. He's clearly set big goals for himself. No one thought he could be president of the United States. He believed in himself. It's a truly aspirational story of Trump becoming the leader of the free world. And he did tie it to a higher purpose, making America great again. But that's not controversial. By the way, unless you're Ben Shapiro, in which case, if you're Ben Shapiro, I said earlier you should put on a seatbelt. In that case, it would be a child restraint device. Perhaps you would be in a in a, a child seat. What do you call them? I have them because I have a lot of kids. A booster seat. There you go. So if you're Ben, strap on your booster seat. But here it comes. Here comes the controversial statement. Ready? It's not about Trump. Do you know who else set high goals and tied them to an important aspiration? Ready? The institutional left, including people like George Soros. I'll say it again. George Soros and the left have set high goals and tied them to a higher purpose, and that it is part of what has made them successful. So let's go over that. I am, by the way, I'm not a George Soros fan, but let's be realistic. And I think it points to an issue the Republicans could learn something from. Part of the problem is Republicans have had small goals. They really have. So they've gotten small results. Barack Obama, I would argue, too, set high, high goals, set high standards, saw that it was possible for a guy named Barack Obama to get elected president after George Bush, after 9-11, saw that he had a chance because people were sick of George Bush and wanted a change and went for it. So here's what I'm suggesting. The reason Trump won is that he thought big. And the reasons the Republicans have kept losing is because they refuse to think big. Now, will Trump keep this up? Will he keep his promise to build a wall? I think so. I'll tell you another guy who thinks big is Steve Bannon. And I know him. Steve Bannon, another high-achieving individual who set big goals. Uh, Here's another one, Andrew Breitbart. I really am blessed. Let me point that out. I really am blessed. I really do consider myself absolutely blessed to have been around people like Steve, like Andrew, 
like Kurt Schilling this morning. I don't think Kurt would like, I don't think Kurt, Kurt doesn't let, let me actually hang around with him. But he did, he did say nice things about me. He did. In fact, I have a new bumper. Hang on. I'll play the bumper. This is Kurt, Schiller talk, Kurt Schilling talking. I thought this was good. So I made a bumper out of it. Uh, Lee Stranahan, Brave Heart investigative reporter, who is, well, just knows everything. Radio Stranahan. It's all good. That's Kurt saying that I know everything. And, of course, I pointed out to him that he's right. Because, look, when a guy's right, he's right. So I made a bumper out of it. But uh, here's the thing about these high-achieving individuals with lofty goals. Whatever you think about George Soros, whatever you think about his ideology, number one, you have to acknowledge that the guy has been colossally successful. He's a billionaire. He's one of the richest people in the world. And his philanthropic efforts – by the way, that's a tough word for me to say. Charity, I can do that. Philanthropic. Gets a little tricky in there. But the money he gives to the left, how about that? Can I use that? I don't need to use a $10 word when a five-cent one will do. Dude gives money to commies. How about that? Is that better? So whatever you think about George Soros' politics, by the way, not a fan. Not a big fan of his politics. But whatever you think about them, he's made a lot of money. He's been very successful. And... Part of it was because he tied those goals to something bigger. This is advice they give you. This goes back, as my son Shane pointed out, this goes back to Zig Ziglar and people like that. Have big goals and tie them to something. In other words, if your goal is just to make a lot of money, why? Why do you need to make a lot of money? So you have money in the bank. It helps if you want to do something with that money. And by the way, I think this explains the reason. We'll, we'll talk about this later uh, with Susan Olson. But I think this explains the reason that Hollywood, and again, I try to do this in a way that's not insulting, but people who've made it in the film industry, obviously, that's a tough road to hoe, tough work. It's a lot of discouragement when you're in the entertainment industry, a lot of discouragement. And I think there's something – I've not fully developed this theory, and again, I'd like to hear your opinion on it. But I think there is something where people on the right need to recognize that a lot of the people we hate on the left, whether they're celebrities who mouth off about socialism, yes, they're wrong about their politics, but they're right about the way they've set goals. They're right about the way they've tied it to something. Look. Socialism, communism, I'm not going to give them too much credit here, but in theory, on paper, it's got a noble purpose. And when you hear them talk, they talk about peace and justice. A guy like Soros, Open Societies Foundation, literally his sights are set on changing the world. Now, I would argue for evil, I would argue changing the world in a way that's bad. Right, But still, he's not thinking small. Soros is not trying to win the House seat in Missouri, and that's, that's all he wants to do. Because they say, 
you hit what you aim for, right? So Soros and a lot of these supervillains on the left, they've aimed high. I say this not to discourage you, but to encourage you, to encourage you in your own life. Set your goals higher. Set your goals higher. I had a little epiphany about this this morning. By the way, this will get me the perfect segue into my ad. By the way, 16 past the hour. Today's Radio Stranahan is once again brought to you by Citizen Journalism School. I got to thinking. I had an epiphany about what I want to do with Citizen Journalism School. And I realized that for me, I think Citizen Journalism School could really change the world. I think that getting a platoon, what's a small army? A brigade? I don't want it to be a squad because that's too small. Division? Sure, change the division. Shane's going with division? Maybe not even. But here's what I believe. I believe a few dozen honest journalists could start to change the world. I believe a few dozen honest and brave journalists could start to save the world. And that's exactly why I started Citizen Journalism School. You can get a free course called citizenjournalismschool.com which shows you how to start your media empire. That course is coming any moment now. I thought about that this morning as well in relation to, you know, why do I want to give you this course? This course shows you how to set up so you can write, so you can podcast. It shows you all the basics that you need to do, and it's a free class. So you'd be silly not to go over to citizenjournalismschool.com and sign up for it, don't you think? That'd be silly because it's free. So what are you waiting for? So citizenjournalismschool.com, you can sign up for the free course. But the reason I want you to, to, to take this course, and the reason I think it's the important first course, it's so important I'm giving it away, is because I think it's really important that you control your own platform. I think it's really important that you have your own place where you can say what you want and people can't stop you. And that's why I want to teach you that. I want to teach you how to, the same way I write at Breitbart, and it's great, and I love writing at Breitbart, but it's not my only platform. And it's not my only platform because at the end of the day, I don't control that platform. As great as it is, as big a reach as it has, as wonderful as the people are, at the end of the day, you have to have your own platform, and that's what we teach you. The other thing we're going to be announcing any moment now is the Citizen Journalism School Mentorship Program, a chance to work directly with me and get your questions answered at a fraction of the cost of journalism school. It makes the ideal Christmas gift. If you're on, it really does, by the way, you know, unless you know somebody who hates journalism, then it's the worst Christmas gift ever. But if you, if you, if you or someone you care about, because it could be a Christmas gift for yourself, you want to change your life ahead of the New Year's, this is going to be a great way to do it. Citizenjournalismschool.com. Go sign up right now. Get the free course and get information about the mentorship program. Don't miss out. You're listening to Radio Stranahan. Call us. Radio Stranahan, this is Lee Stranahan. If you want to call in and be part of the show, 619. 619- 9240786 that number again 6199240786 we had people yesterday who called in 
we had, I think we, did, we had three or four callers yesterday, which was great because I urged people to call in. I realized that I've got to keep urging people. I'm urging. It's sort of like they do on the PBS telethons when they're raising money. I don't know. I don't have a tote bag for you. I know. I know I should. I should have a tote bag. But I don't. All I have to do is tell you that I'd like you to call in. That's what I got. I have begging, basically. That's what I've got. Abject pleading. That's what I have. But I want you to call in because I want to hear your opinion on what's going on. Let's turn a little bit to some of the other news of the day. Donald Trump is going to be meeting with high-tech leaders today at Trump Tower. Apple CEO Tim Cook. Maybe Jeff Bezos from Amazon. One of the leaders at Facebook. No, not him. No, the other. But no, not Zuckerberg. That'd be good, though. People from Google. I'm glad this is happening. This is apparently set up by Peter Thiel. By the way, Peter Thiel is, is one of my dream interviews right now. He's a guy who I really want to interview. So if Peter Thiel happens to be listening, here's your chance to talk to me. Just call in, 619-924-0786. Oh, wait, did I get the number right? I may have just screwed that up. No, I got it right, 0786. I wouldn't want to invite Peter Thiel to call and then give the wrong number. Because then he'd be talking to somebody, a stranger, and I would have blown my chance. And that's not how I roll. But Peter Thiel, who spoke at the Republican National Convention, the first openly gay speaker at the Republican National Convention. Also, former CEO of PayPal, also one of the first investors in Facebook, so he knows a little bit about tech investing, author of the book Zero to One, a great book. By the way, I know it sounds like I'm setting him up like he could be on any time. Maybe it's wishful thinking. Come on, Peter, call in right now. I know some people who know Peter Thiel, not least of which would be uh, Steve Bannon, who I assume knows him. Or I assume has just met, met him at least. I, I know some other people whose names I'm not going to mention because it's not my business to do that. But uh, Peter Thiel is one of my dream guests right now. And uh, Thiel's interesting. He's not just a tech leader. He's also the guy who funded Hulk Hogan's lawsuit and literally shut down Gawker, something I thought was awesome. Yeah, look, I talked a little bit before about setting big goals. Let's, let's be specific, right? One of Andrew Breitbart, my friend Andrew Breitbart, I said he had big goals. His goal, and again, I was thinking about this this morning, slight epiphany. I realized, you know, and they play it on the Breitbart radio show all the time. Andrew's goal was literally to shut down CNN and New York Times. And he meant it. And I'm like, well, that's a good goal. Maybe that should be my goal. Literally. See, here's the point of setting a big goal, right? The reason you set a big goal is you hit what you aim for. And if you aim low, you're going to get a little bit lower than that because we seldom achieve our complete goal. Does that make sense? You seldom are able to achieve 100% of your goals. Donald Trump apparently being a Example to the contrary, the exception that proves the rule, the dude that wanted to be president and he was. But maybe his goal was to be, I don't know, king of the planet. And so really he's fallen short so far. 
But, you know, there's always next year. But the reason you set big goals is whatever goal you have, you're probably going to fall a little bit short of that. Does that make sense, right? So you set a big goal, so if you fall short, at least you've done something major. At least you've done something still important. And when I think about Andrew's goal, of course, Andrew's no longer with us. I know what his goals were. And again, they play that clip on the Breitbart morning show on XM, Sirius XM Satellite Radio. They play it all the time. Andrew talking about his goal was to take down the New York Times and CNN. And I, the epiphany I had this morning is maybe I need to make that my concrete goal. Maybe I need to just go, you know what? If I'm really trying to fulfill Andrew's legacy, maybe that needs to be the specific goal. And this gets back to what I was saying about, I'm not going to do the commercial again, but what I was saying about citizen journalism school and why I think that that's so important. So Teal's a guy who set very big goals. This is one of the reasons he's a dream interview of mine. He's a guy who's very, very interested in very big topics. Now, previously, he's given money to the Libertarian Party, something I'm sympathetic with. I get that. I get why you might want to do that. Now, I have enough experience with the Libertarian Party to know that they're nut jobs. That's a short, that's a short take. But I get it. I get it because, once again, they do have big goals. Then I think a guy like Peter Thiel looked at Donald Trump and said, you know what? Here's a guy with big goals. And the cabinet picks that Trump has made, he's clearly not looking for more of the same. Liberals have pointed this out. And again, it is causing David Cronenberg-like head explosions all over the left. He's putting a guy in as Secretary of Energy, Rick Perry, former Texas Governor Rick Perry, who wanted to get rid of the Department of Energy. How awesome is that? If you're talking about draining the swamp, this is the way to do it. He's putting a guy in, Andy Posner, as Secretary of Labor, who is going to stop this move to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour in its tracks. And by the way, thank goodness for that. Raising the minimum wage to 15 bucks an hour is job-killing suicide. It's insane. It is insane. In fact, and this is where I do agree with libertarians, I think you should get rid of the minimum wage. I think you should let the free market function in terms of that. I think, we, I think you need to do that coupled with some sensible immigration controls. I think otherwise you really run a risk of threatening American jobs and threatening American wages. That being said, and by the way, the libertarians, and this is why they're nuts up, they're pro-open borders and they want to get rid of the minimum wage. That's insane. But the minimum wage is a job killer. If you make it illegal to hire people below a certain wage, 
you're making it, you're killing opportunities. There are jobs I can think of that I would pay somebody four or five bucks an hour for, but I don't want to pay them eight bucks an hour. And I certainly don't want to pay them 15 bucks an hour. And if somebody's willing to do the job for four or five bucks an hour, they should be allowed to do it. Now, this idea of a living wage, I know a lot of these snowflakes and buttercups out there won't like this, but I'm going to give it to you straight because that's what I do. I'm nothing if not honest, humble and honest, but I'm nothing if not humble. I'm the most humble person in the world, by the way, but I'm nothing if not honest. Look, here's the thing. If you want to kill jobs, raise the minimum wage. Why stop at $15 an hour? Heck, go to 100 if you want to help people. But here's what they don't want to hear. Burger flippers should not be making 15 bucks an hour. Furthermore, flipping burgers was not meant to be a living wage job. That is meant to be a job for part-time people, for people starting out in the workforce, people who want to work their way up. 30 minutes past the hour, by the way. That's what it's there for. Not every job is meant to give you a living wage. That's just the truth. There's a coffee chain I like, based out of the Pacific Northwest. I'll mention them, because why not? Dutch Brothers. I like Dutch Brothers quite a bit. It's a drive through coffee chain. Now, i got to point out, as much as I like them, it is diabetes in a cup. It really is. They're very sweet, sugary coffee beverages, like Starbucks, but even more. They make them with chocolate milk. A lot of their beverages, this is a trick. You can see this at Dutch Brothers. They make them with chocolate milk. By the way, it doesn't make it any less yummy. In fact, it makes it more yummy. But Dutch Brothers has something. I was looking at their webpage. And they don't take franchisees from the general public. If you're a millionaire and you want to start a Dutch Brothers franchise, you can't do it. Do you know the only people who can start a Dutch Brothers franchise? Dutch Brothers employees. I like that. I like that. They want people who know, have worked at the company, understand the culture. That's who they want. I like that. And so what I'm saying is flipping burgers is a great job but not for a living wage. The head of Axon, our next Secretary of State, got his start at Exxon, didn't go to college, got his start at Exxon, I think when he was 18 years old, very young, and worked his way up. Flipping burgers is good if you don't always want to flip burgers. Or... If you're providing supplemental income, if you're, a, if you're a housewife who's working the lunch shift at McDonald's a few days a week to bring in a few hundred extra bucks while the kids are at school, great. If you're retired and you're working at McDonald's to bring in some extra money, great. If you're a teenager or a young adult looking for a good first job in the restaurant industry, great. You should be flipping burgers. But you, if you don't have your sight set higher, that is not the fault of anyone but you. And no amount of minimum wage is going to fix that. So I like turning the cabinet 
into people who want to actually destroy the cabinet positions. All more to say on this in just a second. You're listening to Radio Stranahan. By all first mention, uh, Lee Stranahan. Cuddly, he's my friend. Yeah, he got thrown out of the club for reporting stories that were being suppressed. Radio Stranahan. This is Radio Stranahan. Number to call in, 619-924-0786. That number again, 619-924-0786. So I like this high-tech summit. I like the fact that Trump is bringing in, in people. And everyone's noting that the people he's bringing in, Tim Cook, people from Facebook, the people from Google, they gave like no money to him. Amazon, Amazon employees gave like $300,000 to Hillary Clinton. And I'm not joking, something like $3,000 to Trump. And by the way, Amazon is a company I admire. Jeff Bezos is a guy who's a businessman I admire. Again, you want to talk about a guy who set a big goal and tied it to a purpose. And, and that's why I don't look, I don't even like it when people do it. It's very chic. And I think it's a leftist trend, by the way. So I hate it when conservatives do it. But I see conservatives do it all the time. Conservatives, there's something really weird where they have bought into this culture of negativity and slamming the rich and slamming successful businesses. When I see conservatives slam Starbucks, it's one thing to say, I don't agree with Starbucks politics. It's another thing to just slam Starbucks. It's silly because they're a monumentally successful American company. And I call people out on it. If you watch me on Twitter, I call people out on this. It's, it's bogus. So, for instance, I'll see people say something like, oh, Starbucks, you know, yeah, like I need to pay $5 for a cup of coffee. Wow, you don't understand business, do you? You just don't understand business. You don't understand how a brand works. You don't understand how the concept of value works. And you may love America, but you should start to embrace the principles that made America great, including understanding business. There's a reason. I'm going to break it down for you. If you're one of those people, I'm not saying you have to go to Starbucks. I'm not saying you have to like it or buy it. But don't criticize the business model. Let me explain. Let's talk about the concept of value. You're not going to hear liberals talk about this, by the way. Well, let's talk about the concept of value. The best example I've heard explaining the concept of value and where adding value comes in is let's say you go to the grocery store and I buy some meat and some vegetables, right? Those meat and vegetables may cost me 10 bucks total, let's say. Buy a piece of meat, some vegetables. Now, what is the value of the meat and vegetables? And you might say, well, 10 bucks. You just told us. That's not a good quiz, Lee. You just told us the meat and vegetables cost 10 bucks. Therefore, the value is $10. Au contraire. This is where capitalism comes in, and this is where the concept of adding value comes in. Yes. I paid 10 bucks for the meat and vegetables. But if I'm a chef, and I'll use my favorite chef, Gordon Ramsay, 
that's a whole other topic. That's another dream interview of mine. Write that down, Shane. We've got to get Gordon Ramsay on. I'll just do a slight tangent here. The British version of Kitchen Nightmares, not the Fox version, not the American version. The British version of Kitchen Nightmares is the best reality show ever. Just is. So my point here, though, is that if you gave the $10 worth of meat and vegetables to Gordon Ramsay, he's going to turn it into a meal he can sell for 30 bucks at any of his restaurants, of which I've eaten at a few. I once in Las Vegas did the Gordon Ramsay trifecta, which is I ate three meals at Gordon Ramsay restaurants in one day. Gordon Ramsay burger, his pub that's at Caesar's Palace, and then Gordon Ramsay steak, which is located in Paris, the casino, not the city, the casino. Totally different. But the point is, a guy like Gordon Ramsay can take $10 worth of food, raw ingredients, and sell it for 30 bucks. Why? Where does the 30 bucks come in? The 30 bucks comes in because of the value that a chef adds to those ingredients. The value may not just be in the delicious meal. The value may be in a well-designed place to eat the meal, where a combination of furniture and decor and lighting and music and all the elements that go into a great restaurant experience come together. Maybe that's part of the value that's being added. Maybe another part of the value that's being added is simply the name Gordon Ramsay. Maybe he's done enough things and had enough successes in his life where just his name being on something adds a certain amount of value. So that idea of taking $10 worth of raw materials and turning into 30 bucks worth of a meal and understanding where that value comes from, that's the key to understanding capitalism. And if you want to make money, that's the key to doing it. I'll say it again. If you want to make money, if you want to succeed, the key to doing it is understand the concept of value and it's from. It's taking raw materials and turning them into something great. So look, I'm proudly a member of the Apple cult. I am proudly an Apple cultist. I don't like some of Tim Cook's politics. But by the way, Steve Jobs is a guy at Apple, and I'm not sure Tim Cook is doing I say this as an Apple fan. I'm not sure Tim Cook is doing a great job being in charge of Apple. But I'm not going to criticize Apple for high prices. God bless their high prices. God bless the value that Apple has and is able to take raw materials, including the best computer components, and turning it into something. But let's get to our first guest today. Susan Olson is on the line. Hang on one sec. Susan, how are you doing? Uh, I'm fine. I, I, was, I was really kind of being intrigued by the whole talk about Apple. Because um, I'm kind of... Oh, nervous. thanks. <laughs> yeah, me too. No, I'm a, I'm a big... I don't know if you... Susan, I don't know if you read the Steve Jobs biography that Isaacson wrote a few years ago. Uh, but that's what really that if you get a chance, it's a big book, but the Steve jobs, the book, I can't say anything about the movies is fascinating because he's a complex guy. 
He was not a. Yeah, and I was uh, in on it. I, 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 I knew the the greatest geek I ever met was in on everything. He knew about Lisa. He was in on the, the beginnings of Apple, and he told me that John. Well, you know, he told me uh, that there was this other guy named Bill who was going to run the industry because he didn't have he didn't make his product exclusive like Jobs did. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And- and that would be Bill Gates. Because I, I, I was there then. Yeah, that's fascinating. Well, let's uh, because we're drifting off into Apple stuff, but let's just talk. I know, now, first I off, know, I know. This is going to be a total ABD show, isn't it? <laughs> it's 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 a, it's it's geek time. So Susan Olson, of course. Now, how many times? It's the it's the only intro. You, it's the intro you hear every time, right? TV, Cindy Brady. That's what we're supposed. to that's what we're supposed yeah. to say, right? TV Cindy Brady. Or that horrible song, yeah. I won't sing it. I'll do you that <laughs> no, favor. I won't don't. sing it. Please don't. I won't I sing it. I wish I was on the Partridge family because they had a good theme song. Yeah, well, I, I, also, I also won't sing the song that you guys sang on the episode. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, we had several. Do you know we had, it, we made four albums. And we went on concert tour. That's amazing. Yeah. That's how horrible entertainment was in the 70s. (laughs) Well, I also, but I like to point out that that I I won't sing the Brady Bunch theme song, but I could. And everybody of of my generation or maybe a generation younger, I'm 51, could sing that song, right? I mean, there's something. uh, Well, there's something very correct about that. There's something very right about that because well, I, uh, I, 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 I I've learned to embrace it. Well, you you have to because you're Cindy Brady for God's sakes, and if you don't learn to embrace yeah, it, what are you but gonna... but I don't just have to. I I'm really getting it. I'm really really getting it, and it has a lot to do with what's going on with our country. And this well, is okay, the last so that's a show. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, no, you know, you're you're bringing up a very interesting point because it's something I've been thinking about. So I'd love to get your take take on this. Um, there's a clear value that the news media has. Whatever people like to say about CNN, whatever they like to say about the New York Times, is they're ubiquitous. Whatever you say about CNN, it's everywhere. Like the and NBC News and stuff like that. They're so in your face that. They don't have to be right. They don't have to get stories right, actually. I think they learned something oh, God, from the advertising yeah. industry, which is if, if it, it used to be they learned this in the 60s and 70s. If you launch a product and you buy $2 million worth of advertising for your razor blades or your breakfast cereal or whatever it is, suddenly everybody knows who Tony the Tiger is, or everybody knows who the Michelin mm. man is or something like that. And that's what I think happened. I mean, the, the, uh, it seems to me, and you'd, you'd know more than I would, that, that one of the things that happened was the Brady Bunch came along at a time when TV syndication was just starting. And so oh, yeah. I knew the sh- 
so I I didn't know the show from the original run, really. I don't remember that. Um, I remember it from when I'd come home from school, and there it was at three or four in the afternoon, and you know, a TV station from Hartford. And I don't think that that really existed um, in that same way at that point. Is that what happened? I mean, I wasn't. I, again, yeah, you probably yeah, know better I, than I think. Well, I, I, I really think, you know, just technology hadn't gotten that savvy by that point, and it really ages yeah. me. But I'm, but I'm very glad to be part of the old school, and. Um, what we really had was was just a genuinely honest show, and you don't get that anymore. I have so many people coming up to me and saying, "Why, why aren't there more shows like this?" And I can tell you why. I know why. I know the formula. I've talked to other producers. Um, the formula for television shows these days for kids is the parents must not be present. And if they are, they need to be stupid. And this is just such a wrong way to raise a generation. Well, it's even true with, and also I got to tell you, I mean, I, I, I think you'd agree with me. If you did the Brady Bunch today, you'd have to have a gay character. You'd have to have like a a Muslim character. You'd have to throw in, right? right? You and you couldn't would have just to have, have Uncle Muhammad. <laughs> that's right, Uncle Muhammad. It wouldn't have been <laughs> Oliver. It would it wouldn't have been Oliver. It would have been Ali Baba or something like that. It would have been something <laughs> else. And. And and you couldn't do that. And the other thing that's happened, and I've actually talked because I know Roseanne Barr a little bit too. Um, I like her. Roseanne. Yeah, no, I I, I like yeah. her. I like her too. And and uh, she's feisty. Let's put it that way. But um, I can I can but, really get into her mind. <laughs> well, no, and I, I appreciate and I can't her for being was, so strongly spoken. So the way I got to know Roseanne was she was bashing Andrew Breitbart and on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, dear. And I started oh. to, I started to uh, this is about three, four years ago, and I started to argue with her. And Roseanne's one of those people who, if she talks to people on Twitter, she's not just like having her assistant tweet out stuff. She'll get into it with you. Does that make sense? Like not every yeah, uh, well-known like person that. does. Yeah, and so... So she had me on her radio show. And that's the way I and am, she, too. Yeah, no, right. I, I, yeah, I don't it, tweet because I'm too – I'm Twitter illiterate, but, but boy, do I go off on Facebook. Well, no, and yeah, well, and we'll talk about that because that, that may be where you got into some trouble recently. We'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> but, yeah. um, but, but Roseanne told me once, um, she said she thinks – she's partially responsible for the cultural decline that we've seen. And it was very honest of her to say it is that her show Mm. was kind of a, she was kind of at that midpoint in the eighties where uh, sitcoms were changing and were starting to be quoting, you know, all in the family, I think uh, started that trend. And there's nothing wrong with it as a trend. Cause again, that was a quality show 
in a lot of ways. Yeah. There's a lot of good things about All in the Family. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And, and uh, dis- disagree with Norman Lear's politics, but the guy's a genius. But he showed yeah. a toilet on TV. That's right, yep. Yeah. And, and so she felt that she'd promoted stuff that maybe people aren't quite ready to handle. <laughs> and and it was very, very interesting. And I don't I don't want to speak too much for her, but it was a very interesting discussion. She was very honest uh, about it because she is. She's just a Roseanne's just she what you see is what you get. She's just I, I think she I think she's brilliant. Yeah. She's quirky and brilliant all at the same time. And she's not afraid to be contradictory because immediately she was telling me like she's like, Look, I'm a she's like, I'm a hippie. I was a hippie in the sixties. She's like, But but I'm pro gun. She's like, I grew up around guns. I don't know why people are so on the left are so freaked out about them. And even on abortion, she was like, I, she's like, I got in trouble. She told me, she said, I got in trouble for being opposed to third trimester abortions. She said, I'm pro-choice, but that's a baby. She's like, come on. She's like, she's like, and she said, and I got yelled yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. Oh. You know, Isn't that I, interesting? I, I, I wish to, to goodness that, that I, you know, maybe that's going to be on my new bucket list, to just sit down, have a nice meal and a few drinks with Roseanne, okay, and well, talk, talk, talk. Because <laughs> well, sure, I sure like her. Well, and look, if, if she'll talk to me, I'm sure she'll talk to, to anybody. So I'm sure she's got, apparently she's got a pretty low bar, if I... <laughs> If I'm in the club, <laughs> it's apparently a low bar. And I but, just uh, you, send the limbo you, being on your show, right? <laughs> no, right. Well, and look, she's gotten into trouble for saying. So let's 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 talk about the controversy here. And and okay. I'll tell you what I find interesting about it because you and I spoke last night on the phone. And mm-hmm. uh, and uh, by the way, it's fifty-one past the hour. You're listening to Radio Stranahan. Um We spoke last night a little bit, and I went. I looked at some of the stories. So. It, it's not hard to find these stories. So let me see if I can find a headline here. One second. It shouldn't be hard. You just Google Susan Olson. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm still trending. Yeah, you 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 are. So here it goes. Actress. So here's one. So this is New York Daily News three days ago. Actress Susan Olson fired from radio show after homophobic rant. There's another one. <laughs> Here's, here's Gay Star News. By the way, I'm not, I've, I've never really read Gay Star News. I'm going to be honest with you. I, is that homophobic? I don't know. Susan Olsen thinks that being gay killed her Brady Bunch dad, Robert Reed. Well, see, why, why is oh, that one going on there? That's from 2013. That's, that's when Huff republished this just trended. A, a rant that I did. Yeah, and I'm going to talk about that. By the way, those two stories co- contradict each other because if you were homophobic, I don't think you would have been saying you were you were sympathetic. Let's just get into that. You were sympathetic that Robert Reed, who played Mike Brady, your your TV dad, was gay, and you wrote yeah. three years ago that you that you thought being closeted killed him. Correct? Well, yeah. Contributed to his death. Let's put yeah. it that way. Yeah. Well, at the time that he died, his best friend said the the most tragic thing about Bob's life was that he was never allowed to have a true love. 
And I've I've recently learned that there was, I mean, that wasn't just a metaphorical thing, that he had a true love. And he broke up with him, and he, he could not live a full life. And he was the most wonderful man. He was so fantastic. And when I was nine years old, my mother taught me uh, there's such a thing as being gay. And it means that a man can fall in love with a man and a woman can fall in love with a woman. And I went, okay, well, that, sounds, that sounds fair to me. And so, and and that's your experience. And again, you, so that was when you were nine and you, you lived in LA, you worked, you worked in LA. I assume you, you've known some gay people, <laughs> you, you, yeah. right? You've met one. Well, and my mother also said, she also told me, if he ever admits that he's gay, everybody will applaud him. And nobody will ever hire him. Yeah, and that and that was probably true. And and we know that one of the Darrens from uh, from Bewitched was was also gay. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, oh, the, he was a doll. Yeah. Yeah. At, at yeah, the time, that uh, was Dick. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get it wrong. Dick Sag- you, Sergeant. Wait, wait, or Dick Sergeant. Yes. Yeah, that's right, Dick Sergeant. And, but, and I love and, Dick uh, York, and Dick York's son is a good friend of mine. Um, we met on Facebook, but yeah, you know, Dick Sargent couldn't couldn't come out, and nobody could and come it, out back then. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it was just that was the era at the time, and uh, and it it wasn't great, and it, it, it and you and of course, like I say, look, if you're playing a TV dad on a sitcom. Uh, you know, what was interesting, I think what's, here's what's interesting about that time, too. There were comedic actors, Paul Lind, perfect example. Oh, Paul my Lind. gosh, yes. Or, or Rip Taylor, let's say, not exactly an actor, but close, <laughs> right? There were, there were people, you know, Liberace, per, another huge example. But people refused to accept the idea that Liberace was gay. No one, it was no one talked about. When I was growing up... Uh, I remember. I, I knew him, and he, you know, I mean, his people were hiring women to uh, right. accompany him to public events, and I knew Lee. Yep, he, he, he was a good guy, actually. <laughs> no, that's no, no, no. That, that's what I've heard. I, I've heard. I've heard the same thing. Uh, uh, yeah, I've heard, I've heard that from multiple people. I know people who know Bruce Jenner, for instance, now who knew Bruce really well. Who said he's just a, a great guy? Great guy, like him tremendously, and stuff like that. And he, I guess, is sort of the equivalent going going through that now. That's as close. But of course, now if if Robert Reed were around now, he'd get a reality show. If Dick Sargent were around now, he you, you see what I'm saying? If the era yeah, has just no, changed no, so no, much. No, 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 no. I, I I I will totally correct you on this. If Robert Reed were alive now. He would be doing really quality acting roles, and he would be free. Well, that's interesting. To have a husband. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a good way to that's a good way to put it. Although, if that didn't if that didn't work out, they'd give him a reality show. So let's be honest. 
that I don't didn't think work. he would have agreed cool. to that. I really don't. And well, no, what you're saying is I, Robert I, Reed would agree to a reality show is if it was something about him rescuing puppies. Let me put it this way. They would have pitched him on one. How's that? How's that? Now, is yeah, that where you know, I know you're, you're, you're a big – and the only point I'm trying to make, you're, you're making a point because you knew him about his dignity and worth as an actor, which I have no dispute yeah. with whatsoever. But, but the point I'm making is it's now become – the pendulum has swung so much where cachet, it's a positive thing right now, where if you're straight, it's kind of boring. <laughs> and yeah. They're not yeah. interested in it. You need you yeah. need to have something, and that's that's what I think. The point Roseanne was actually making uh, to me was just things have swung oh, so and she's far. She's absolutely right about that. Yes. Yeah, and but but and, I just I don't think that Bob would have ridden that pendulum. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Well, yeah, I know, I, I and just, I, I and just and think I, the guy was just a class act, and and he he wouldn't uh, anyway. I know your point. I know the point you're making, and you're right. This is the point well, and, of where our society has come to. And you mentioned he was a big uh, animal lover, and of course you are too. Was that an influence on on oh you God. becoming a... Uh, well, you know, you? Um, all of us. For whatever reason, you know, there's a common thread in all Brady's that we are all animal lovers. Oh, that's interesting. And Robert Reed, in fact, his daughter last night made me burst into tears because she sent me a picture of of Bob with Mr. Stubbs. And and I remember that dog that he had. And he got this beautiful, you know, purebred German Shepherd. And this was before we knew that breeding was wrong. And he got this great dog, and he named her after me. And uh, her name was Susie. And um, oh, wow. because he intended to breed her, he obviously didn't have a spade, and she fell in love with the collie next door. And they had they they had a litter. She had a litter. Um, three boys, three girls. How poetic is that? <laughs> That's and funny. and so so you know Bob told me because you know I was like eleven, and 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 so um, we had just lost our family dog, and um, I I had gotten. <laughs> a dog from the Brady Bunch episode where Tiger knocks up the dog next door. Um, one of the puppies in that show became my, my dog, but I wanted a big dog, and I, and I wanted a real dog, you know, the kind of dog that could rescue people from fires and stuff. And so I was reading up on all these books. My, my parents said, okay, Susan, when he when – Bob's puppies are ready to be adopted, or, or Susie's puppies are ready to be adopted. Um, you know, you can have your pick of the litter, but you do your research. So yeah, I'm studying up on dogs, and and I told Bob I want one of the three boys because I kind of like boy dogs better. Yep. And 
so he brings a box. We were no longer in production um, because we were on hiatus, but it, it was a meeting point. So, so Bob met me at Paramount, and he brings this box of three beautiful, well, two beautiful German Shepherd puppies and one who is clearly the runt. And I stuck my hand in the box, and then the runt licked my hand, and I said, that's it. That's who I want. <laughs> that's the one I'm picking. And my, and my mom was, <laughs> was furious with Bob. Please, she's been reading up on German Shepherds and how to train dogs. And this is clearly not the right choice. Please tell her what she's doing wrong. And he's like, no, 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 I, I can't. It's her choice. This is going to be her dog. Well, a year later, I find out, well, she, my mom found out from him that he was so thrilled that I picked that puppy because the mother, Susie, had rejected him. And Bob and his dad had to bottle feed that puppy to keep him alive. Oh, wow. Wow. And he was over the moon happy when I picked that puppy. No, what a great story. (laughs) Yeah. What a great story. Yeah. Well, and, and, and just well, to no, think so. about Bob bottle feeding a puppy, that was him. I mean, that's, that's who yes. he was. Now, the rest of the story, you're, you're leaving out the part where when the puppy acted up, he gave him a stern talking to in the den. That was the part you're... you're no, that was the show. Forgive well, me. Well, should have. I'm confused. That puppy did did act up, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> there you go. That's funny. Hang on, we have a we have a we have a caller. Uh, we have a caller here, Susan. Hang on one second. Then I want to get into okay. the controversy. But seven one four, you're on the line with Susan Olson. What's on your mind? Hi, this is Trevor. Yeah, hi Trevor. Oh, What's I love on? that what, name. What do we do for you? Hi. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, wow. Uh, Susan, I, I'm a big, not, I'm not going to say that. Look, I, I respect oh, you. you. Go, I'll say the F word. I'm not going to say a fan. No. <laughs> I mean, I can look, look, I, I know you from afar. I used to produce poor man's radio show and, and you were like, oh, and he was yeah. talking about you. He, he was talking about you last night, like how he wants to connect with you and, because you're like you're hot, like you're. you're what do they say? You're trending. You're trending I'm really trending. hot right now. <laughs> yeah. But I. But it, I it's need a new like, outfit can... if I'm trending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like uh, Barbie. But you need a Barbie dream house or whatever they had. Uh-huh. But anyway, yeah, I, do I need show. money. I, we we need money. We no, we do. Well, no, I mean, I mean, if you if you, this is fame without fortune. Okay, so that's yeah. my life. I know. I understand. But, but okay, let me get into my question. My question, I had Robbie okay. Rist on to go on my show. <gasps> oh, dear. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he said, oh, dear. He, he says you'll always land on your feet. And he, but then he, everybody that was listening to my show about this whole situation, like, told him to F off, and, like, they all hung up. It's like they ruined, he ruined my oh. show. Why does he do that? And then why is he <laughs> 
why is this controversy that your cause caused everybody to be angry? It's because of Donald Trump, correct? Yes, absolutely. It's all, this is all based on Donald Trump and because you like it went is. out and said you voted for him. I agree with that. Well, Tre- Trevor, you, know, you, you, you made I'm a great I'm sorry, but when I had – I'm Norwegian. I'm from Viking descent. I'm also yeah. the seventh-generation granddaughter of a woman who was hanged in Salem. I I have some nads, and um, when I believe in something, I'm gonna just go out there and stick my face my face into the wearing blender of life and and be who I am. And, and that's yes, why I respect. I'm a Donald Trump supporter. Right. Well, yeah, that's Trump, why I, think I, respect. Great, I think I think you make a great point because when I looked at this controversy, the thing that is not getting reported, because it's saying, for instance, she was fired over a homophobic rant. That's the, the headlines. But in fact, the guy who you got into the tiff with, I mean, let's just tell the story real. real. Tell me yeah, how. Let's, let's do it. Susan. That's what everybody's Susan, waiting I'll try, for. I'll, I'll, try to, I'll, try this, I'll try to tell the story quickly. Stop me if I'm wrong. So what, what happened was Susan had a, a, a radio show she did with her friend called mm-hmm. uh, uh Two chicks talking Two about chicks politics. Talking politics, yeah. That's right. Yeah. And so this has been on for some time. You're a Trump supporter. She was a Clinton supporter. And you noticed, as everybody else in the world did, as we got closer to the election, things started to get a little more heated just because that's the way the world was at that point. Everybody <clears throat> was losing friends on Facebook and people were yeah. getting mad and family events. Then after yeah, the election, holiday dinners were just awful. No, that's that's right, and I can't yeah, imagine okay. what it was like for you in Southern California. Then, as being a Trump supporter in Southern California, not an awesome experience right now. So, the, you they had a guest on who's an openly gay actor after the election. Now, the part that's being left out of a lot of these stories, Hollywood, I've seen a Hollywood Reporter, Us, all these other things is that it's, it's sort of implied that you got fired, that he wanted you fired because you said something to him. You called him a name. But in fact, he wanted you fired for being a Trump supporter. He immediately, you did the show, and the reason this guy wanted you fired was not because you'd said anything to him, but because you supported Trump. Am I right on this so far? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. The, the show itself. And I and I had a friend of mine, Bill Moran was on. His 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 name has been missing from everything, and I I think rightly so because he just wants to hide under a rock. Um, Sheena called me. She says I've got a guy. He's coming in uh, because I, I, I said bring on the liberals. You know, bring your friends in. Let's let's all hash it out. And she goes, I, I'm going to give you a chance. You know, you can bring in a conservative friend. So we all did. We had what I thought <clears throat> was a great show. And during the during the commercial break, this Leon guy takes my hand and says, and looks me in the eyes and says, I can't believe I'm arguing with Cindy Brady. And the end of the show, yeah, we were fist bumping, taking selfies. It was a great show. 
I came home and I to me all I did was um, post the archive of the show to say we really had a great show last night. So you so you argue. So you can you can argue, and the point of the show is you were on with a friend of yours who you disagree with politically. But you, so you can argue with somebody and not take it personally, right? And you felt that this was the very message of two chicks talking politics. And we spent five years there doing this show, and and the the whole message of it was, you know, if we really 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 talk it out. Nobody's that different. You know, we all wake up, we all go poo-poo, we, you know, we're humans. And why don't we and come you, together? And you had no sign, when the show was taping, you had no sign that this guy was going to go off on you. He didn't say to you, I think you should be fired. He waited until he got home and was on Facebook himself, correct? That's when he called for you to be fired. I think he waited until supporter. he got home and had... I think that he waited until he got home and had all his nasty little friends tell him, you might be able to make hay with this. Yeah. Because we did okay. so that's it. Yeah. Can I say something that's here? That's what so you do. Yeah. yeah, Trevor, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. It was like when he pulled out of the hip pocket, I can't believe I'm arguing with Cindy Brady. Now, that's the thing that I, I talked to Robbie Rist about. He goes, well, that was like 50 effing years ago. OK, it's like but everybody like associates you with that. And then especially like this gay community. Can I I mean, can I really get into what I believe? I yeah. think they, yeah, don't, go for they it. don't know. Right. Gay people. There can't are two talk. gay communities, though. Yeah, okay. They can't talk trash. There's the, well, the, there's the nice one and the bad one. Right. Right. And that's the thing. Because I have gay friends. And then Robbie laughed at me and he goes, oh, you have a black friend too? So now you're a Republican. It's like that's the way Republicans operate. They have a gay friend and a black friend just to make sure that, you know, you know they fit into society. It's like, no, that's not it. Do you understand, Susan? Oh, totally, I, totally, totally. No, no, I have a game I, 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 I always love him, but but I I I just don't agree with him at all. I don't neither do I. <laughs> but I take and his opinion. I educate him. And it it needs to be a lost cause. Wait, hang on, Susan. Well, we're getting, wait, hang we're getting on, Susan, a weird getting, echo. A weird I'm getting echo. an echo. I'm getting, yeah. Hang on one second. Yeah, I'm getting an echo. I mean, we should reconnect. And now it's, and now it's nope. Now it's stopped. So it's the, it's the miracle wow. of mentioning it. But um, wow. yeah, no. I mean, this is the thing, Trevor. You're raising a good point. Look, this is the thing that people do. Uh, they they'll throw out the accusation. Oh, you're homophobic or whatever. You're racist. And then when you try to prove. They've already laid the trap. If you say anything to prove you're not racist, oh, well, no, because I've been – I have plenty of friends who are gay. I've been around the guy. I've been supportive. They'll go, oh, right, you have a gay friend. And uh, the the story I like to tell on that is my friend Joel Joel Pollack, who's a writer at Breitbart, he was on CNN one morning, and Jay Thomas, the actor, was on, and he accused – Joel of being a racist. He said, I think the thing is you're a racist. And what he didn't know is Joel's wife is black. 
<laughs> and that's what he didn't know. And but he had no problem oh, whatsoever. Burn. Burn. And Joel Joel all Joel did and Joel's a class act, all Joel did was just smile and go, Oh really? He just smiled. But everyone who knew him was like, Wow, bad move, Jay. Um uh but Joel didn't jump wow. into it. The reason he didn't jump into it is because then what they would say is, Oh right, sure, you've a, yeah, like everyone is a black wife. That's easy. So this is what the, the thing you were saying, Trevor, about like, oh, you have a gay friend, you have a black friend. You know, there there are people in the world right. who are racist and homophobic, and those people don't have gay friends because they're homophobic. And they, if they're racist, they don't have black friends because they're racist. That's in fact what they do. Right. And so, right. There are people. There are people who really don't like gay people. But, and this is what bothers me, Susan, about the way you were attacked, is that. Uh, you're being called homophobic when, and this is, by the way, this is why I took a little bit of time to have you talk about Robert Reed and stuff like that. Anybody listening to you for the first 15, 20 minutes of our interview, that's, you're, you're not, you're not homophobic. That's all. I mean, I don't know what to say. Hey, I have not one, but two gay husbands. I, I think I, I, I was standing up for Robert Reed once I once I realized as a nine year old. I said, So what's wrong with that? Love is love. Now so, now, so what did and, happen and is then, and I know Well and I Susan, I know you want to make a statement on this, so I wanna make sure we get to that as well. So what happened was in the course of arguing with him on Facebook and then privately arguing with the guy who called for you to be fired. Let's point that out. He wanted you fired because you were a Trump supporter. Tell, why don't you, I want you to put this in your own words. What happened? What do you okay. regret? And what's your statement about that? Okay. In the first place, this man posted a public statement wanting me to be fired. I, I, I don't think I've ever been so blindsided in my life. Then having this guy who is fist bumping me, calling for me to be fired. And, and by the way, you can't be fired from a job that you were never hired for. Um, I That was not a job. That was a hobby. Right. What you're saying is like totally awesome. You know why? Because, yeah, you were doing this because you were having fun. I mean, you never, did you get a paycheck from this? Never. I know. How can you get fired for something you never get paid for? Our, our commercial breaks were fake. I know. By the way, every, every headline about this says you were fired. Every headline is yeah. you were fired for a homophobic rant, basically. That's what they say. So that's why I say the media coverage on this has been uh, shameful. But, you're, hey, you're a Trump supporter, so it's fair game. So you were, so you were blindsided. Exactly. So you're blindsided. Completely and then what blindsided. Happened? I mean, this was a total hobby of mine, and so I I, I couldn't believe that this guy just went off the rails and was after me like this. I mean, it's like it, it's like um, it's like it's like meeting a nice dog and then having them suddenly try to eat your face, you know, and. <laughs> A gay dog. So I, yeah, well, yeah, but that would be okay. I didn't, that's okay. not the issue. That's never been the issue. So um, 
I you know, I called Sheena and she was not really very helpful. And I and I, I said I just you know, I got on my computer and looked at what he said about me and I went off. But I went off on him privately. Privately. And I and I said private in my rant. Yeah, and, and he and, later. And, and he maybe later, there's legal problems with that because this was well, never but, meant to be public. And so, and so, what did you say? And then, what do you think about what you said? Well, how do you feel about what you said yourself? Well, I I, I don't know how well I remember it, but you know what? <laughs> I only regret that there are people out there that think that this means that I'm anti-LGBT, LMNFQ, whatever it is. Um, Because I was tongue-lashing. I was was lashing out at a guy for totally betraying me. What time did this call come? What time did the check come in? I don't know. I don't don't know. But, but, uh uh-oh, we're getting the echo again. Um, I, you know, and, and I said in my rant, I have no problem with homosexuality, but you are a nasty little faggot. And that's what did me in. And so how do you feel? And, you said faggot twice and pussy once, right? Called him a pussy. And well, you have bigger told balls. Him I, had a, I told him I have a bigger dick than his. There you go. <laughs> Now, is it, by the way, no, I, I, I'm not a lawyer, but I believe it, truth is a defense. So I'm just saying. So, so no, you may truth, have to, in a court of no, law. No, 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 no. Don't you know? Don't you know anything? Truth is the new hate speech. Well, yeah. no, that's right. And by the way, I talked to – I talked to – because I have a gay friend too. I talked to my gay friend oh. and uh, – <laughs> And wait, hang, wait, hang on that. Now, now, you're, now you're like you're absolved of all like gayness. It's like yeah, yeah now wait, you have wait, a gay wait, friend. That, you, but, but that's right. Wait, hang on. One, hang, is, do you have an Asian friend? Hang on one second. I I do. One second. Six oh five. You're on. You're on the air. Hi, my name is Ron. Hi. Hello. Yeah. Hi. Hello. Yeah. Hi, Ron. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, Susan. We've uh, we've talked on Facebook before and uh, I've been a big follower of yours for many years. In fact, when I was, we've talked about this also on Facebook that when I was 10, I sent you a letter to in care of Paramount pledging my love to you. Uh, oh. but, uh, yeah. Um, and through the years, I, you know, followed you and it, on Facebook here, and uh, I just want to say I have never been more proud of you than the way you stand up for your principles and the things you believe in. <laughs> oh. And, uh, yeah. Um, You're going to make me just, cry. It, no. Uh, it's just you're such a wonderful human being and people who know you and have followed you and have listened to you and what you what you put down uh know that you're you're a wonderful person and you have nothing against people it's agendas that you're 
Bedger again. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Boy, did you put that right. Oh, i got to remember that. I have nothing against people's agendas. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You get me. Yeah. And, and, the, and that's, the that's work an agenda, to, not a gender, right? Right. Exactly. Oh, okay. Agenda. Because I don't want right. to get Susan in a whole new controversy here that no, she's against the whole that. gender. But no, no. A political agenda. No, that's exactly right. And that's, I think that's a great way to phrase it. Yeah, that's a great way to phrase it. No, I think that was brilliant. And thank you, Ron. Thank you. I love you. I love you too, honey. And, and, and that's what's been overwhelming to me. In fact, okay, so I'm still banned from Facebook. And I, and I, I, I can't even go on there because, you know, it's not, it's not about the people that are bashing me. It's about the people that are loving me and taking time out of their lives to be so eloquent in defending me. And, and well, it makes me cry, and I can't, I can't even like their statement because I can't push a button at all on Facebook because well, I've and, been banned. Well, and that's really unfortunate, too, that that's, that's what seems to have happened in this. Uh, uh, Ron, thanks very much for calling. Appreciate it. Uh, 224 well, area code. You're yeah, on. I love you, Ron. Yes. Yeah, go ahead. 224, you're on. I can barely hear it. Okay. Um, we okay, have two, two, to, four, please. whatever you do yeah, before, please. you need to do again. Please call back because we have a, a, a bad echo there. Hang on one sec. I'm just trying to, I'm hitting buttons and waiting for things to change. Hang on one second. It's like a, it's like a Twilight Zone replay of the whole show. Yes. Hang on one second. Run through the chipmunks effect. Hang on one second. Well, it's nice that we've discovered the most irritating sound ever. That's good. Hang on well, one second. Yes. Oh, good. Now that's echoing too. Hang on one second. I see what's happening. There's a button and it won't let me hit it. Uh, yeah, two, two, four, call. Oh, sorry about this. It's not technology oh. that I. Oh, did you do that? That's good. Hey, put the uh, two one three. Can you put two one three on? Two one three. You're on the air. Go ahead. What can we do for you today? Hey, hey can you guys hear me? Yes, you're, you're coming in yeah. great. What can I do for you? Hi, yeah, this is Craig in Los Angeles. Um, I just wanted to call to amplify what the last caller had said in, in support of Susan. I mean, I'm a Democrat, and uh, I've known Susan a long time, and just everything that's happened and everything that's just blown up. Um, just want to let her know, um, you know, that we, you know, I love her, and we all love you, and we support you, you know, and uh, you're going to get past this. It's going to be fine. You know, you just do, keep doing what you're doing. Um, and I was, gonna, I had another Thank phrase you. that. Um, hey, you're welcome. Hey. Um, Thank the base you so lesson. much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Bass lessons. <laughs> yeah, the bass lessons. Yeah, you know, you Boy, know who you this know is. Me. The bass lessons still stand, so don't don't worry about it. All right, oh, you're gonna oh be my fine. Gosh. Oh, I do know you. I do know you. Oh, thank you. Oh, 
That you know, when I really grow up, I'll I'll dare to play music. <laughs> there you go. I got you. Right. Don't don't worry oh, about anything. But I don't I don't want to get I don't want to get too far away from from the show or anything. But um, you know, thank you for taking my call. But I just wanted to let Susan know, you know that. Um, awesome. I, it, all right. I, I would love you. Okay. No, just hang you. in there. Yeah. Message me when you can. Okay. You be good to yourself. All right. Okay. I will. All right. Thanks, guys. Take oh. care. Bye bye. Thanks very much for the call. I appreciate I'm a, it. I, I am I know a Susan does too. bass player. Yeah. I'm neither. I, oh, really? I, I, oh, really? I know Susan does too. bass player. Let's do it again. Oh, really? I know Susan does too. bass player. Let's do it again. Wait, go ahead, Susan. You still there? Okay. Okay. We're okay now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we are. Yep. Yeah. One second. I have to talk to my lovely assistant, Shane. Shane, just take everybody off, but. Susan and I for right now. Okay. There's something that was happening. Sorry about that, Trevor. We had to cut you as well. We tried to put Trevor back on and he, he was, uh, he was echoing as well. So I don't know what's going on there, but I don't control that aspect of the show. Well, it's great to hear you're getting the support. And when I mentioned this on Twitter yesterday, I noticed you were getting su- support as well. I think people are really fed up with this. It's one thing for you to have said something that you uh, in the heat of the moment that you may regret or, or not. I do regret. But I that, do regret that. I said nasty words that, that hurt people that, that I really love. Right, and, but, and I do regret I that. But I don't think that absolutely, I, mean, I think it clearly doesn't define who you are and at all. And I think that People say stuff sometimes uh, when they're angry that if, if you want to hold them to that, I have this personal experience with Steve Bannon where they were calling him anti-Semitic. Steve Bannon, who's now the head of strategy oh, for Trump, a guy oh who I – Oh, my God. Oh, that was so unfair. That it was, was completely so – unfair- they took something that was said <laughs> about – I do my homework. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. Yes, it was completely unfair. Well, and it's for people who know him. I know how divorces go. I had a heated one. And and right and 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 that's where the juicy stuff comes out. But for 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 people like Jake Tapper on CNN, who's a guy who I've admired, to come out and attack Steve based on something that was said in a divorce settlement when there's no other proof at all. There's nobody who's been a bigger advocate for Israel than Steve Bannon, for instance. Nobody. And um, nobody. And 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 other people at the company are are Jewish. The, the CEO of the company is Jewish. That's what they have Jewish. to do. That's yes. what they and have to that's... do. They, they 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 okay. They can't. You know and okay. I kind of I I'm hesitant to quote Pamela Geller, but um, she said they can't kill you. What they do is attack. Uh, your your credibility in public. Yes, yes. And, so, and, and by the way, and that's Pam, exactly as, what happens. You get crucified. And as Pam Keller would probably be able to tell you, though, sometimes they do try to kill you, as as, as she knows, because she was in well, the thing. You know, I I'm, but, I'm I'm very very grateful that I was only called a homophobe. <laughs> yeah, but. When that's a good day, there's something there's yeah. something wrong. 
But hang on one, hang on one second. We have a three one three one zero calling in with Susan Olson talking about this controversy and political correctness. Three one zero, you're on the air. What can we do for you? Uh, hi, is it me? Yeah. Hi. Oh, hi. Hi, this is Steve Sussman. Um, oh, yeah, I've known hi, Susan on. Hi. Hi. Um, I wrote. I wrote a pretty lengthy post on uh, Susan's Facebook wall the other day, and mm-hmm. um, I happen to be a heterosexual, but I do have more than a homosexual friend. I actually um, wrote the first TV show in television history that set up gay contestants on dates, and um, wow. the episode on Singled Out about 20 years ago. I didn't know you did that. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, and... Um, as someone who knows Susan, met her a few times, not just on Facebook, I happen to know that she has been a major advocate for the gay community for many years. Um, and to me, it just seems way overblown to take a personal dispute and ruin um, decades of what she's done to advance gay causes. And I can tell you when the whole um, issue of gay marriage was before the Supreme Court, and Susan, and she upset a tremendous number of conservative friends that she had on Facebook who unfriended her yeah. because she went out of her way um, to um, support the uh, the issue of gay marriage. Oh. And um, Thank you, Susan. Yeah. Oh, um, honey, yeah. thank you so much. Well, Steve, You're do you, do you think that part... Do you think that part of this is just because she's a Trump supporter? Do you think that the nine oh, I think a whole lot of Trump it. supporters... I think I, I think a whole lot of it. About it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You'd be surprised when people find out I happen to be a conservative Republican and the names they call me, and I say, well, you know what? I wrote the first um, television show to set up gay contestant on dates. What have you done for civil rights? <laughs> that shuts them up. That shuts them up. I love quickly. you. You're such a good guy. Yeah. Thank you so much well, for no, being my friend. Yeah. So just, just, I mean, well, just because I know you haven't been on Facebook, but. Yeah. I can't get on Facebook. I've been busy. Yeah, we know. I've been silent. We know, we know yeah. but we've been we've been oh, voicing honey. it for you. We've Thank been sticking you so it out for much. you. Oh, yeah, we yeah, look forward to having and you back. And that's just the thing. I, I I think that other people have defended me better than I could. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you know, see, there's no great. such Thank thing you. as bad publicity. Well, I don't know about well, that. Yeah, I don't know about that. Look, look at what they said about look at what they said about look at what they look at what they tried to turn turn Donald Trump into, and he's the president of the United States. No, that's a great so, that that is a great you, point. You're, actually. You're exactly I do right. and I do think the truth exactly comes out. Right. Steve, Steve, thanks so much for calling in. All right, hang tough, Susan. Uh-huh. And Bye. and 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 by the way, yeah, it 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 completely comes from me daring. To admit that I support Trump, and you know what? Every day that goes by, and, and what really got everybody ticked off on the radio show was that I, I I I turned on the news. Okay, I go I go back and forth between Fox and CNN, and one of my biggest heroes, Sebastian Gorka, came on Fox, and and looked giddy over how pleased he is with what Trump is doing already. 
And I'm like, okay, you know, it's early Christmas. I I am so behind this new president of ours. I am so behind him. But, and, and by the way, just a little self-promotion, Sebastian Gorka was our guest yesterday here on Radio Strand AM. Oh, Seb was oh, uh, Seb. Really? Can you tell him? Yeah, Seb. Oh, he, oh, he's like my new. He's my rock star. I adore him. So basically, him. This, if we can sum up part of the show, apparently I need to set Susan up on like a double dinner date with Sebastian Gorka and Roseanne Barr, <gasps> and then she'll be. Then her oh, life oh, will be oh, made. Oh my God! Can you there you go. That? <laughs> that'd be that'd be I, some I, I, evening. Oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> That'd oh, be some. That'd be some well, evening right there, Susan. Susan, we got a bunch of calls uh, for you. I can see we got a bunch more calls. So hang on, hang on, just one sec, and we'll be back with Susan Olson just in just in one moment. By all first mention, uh, Lee Stranahan, cuddly. He's my friend. Yeah, he got thrown out of the club for reporting stories that were being suppressed. Radio Stranahan. You're listening to Radio Stranahan. That was uh, my friend Andrew Breitbart talking about how cuddly I am. Since we're doing the gay theme, I guess let's go with that. Talking about how cuddly I am. It's 34 minutes past the hour. We got a bunch of calls here for Susan Olson. Let's go with uh, let's go with 224. Who I think. Let's see if we can do this without. Creating the echo from hell again. Nope. Let's go with uh, uh, let's go with two two four. Well, I think let's see if we can do this. Call. Wait one second. Here we go. Two two four. You have to call back. I don't know what's going on with the echo. Let's try. Uh, we have a seven. I see. I don't want to give people's numbers away, and it's and I don't have a screener, so we'll have a seven one four. But there's two of them. Say hi, and I'll tell you if I can hear you. Hi. Seven. Hi. Yeah, hi. I can. Uh, whoever just said hi. Yeah. Who, who's this, and what's on your mind? Hi, my name is Chris York. Can you hear me? Okay. Oh, Chris. Yeah, oh sure. My God. Sure oh, can, Chris. Chris. Yeah. Oh, Chris. Well, how are you, my little friend? I hear you're doing pretty good. Things are going different for you. Oh, but boy, oh boy. I've got. Oh. Um, I think I'm more qualified to speak on this than probably anybody because I have a Democrat, Republican, Black, Muslim, Gay, Asian, Indian American, handicapped veteran, white, trans- transgender who loves cats and dogs. Unfortunately, it's all the same person. But I think I got it all covered. Who's my friend? Wait, 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 wait. How did you score so big? It's all the same person. I just I. I found the one, so that way I can be, uh, so I can speak to anybody now. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> and this is the son of one of the sweetest men in show business. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, my father was uh, Dick York, was on Bewitched, and um, uh, did a bunch of other stuff uh, too. And we were just, we were ju- actually just talking about Dick York earlier in the show. We're, yeah. We're talking about. Well, we're ta- we, we actually, there was York and there was we, we mentioned your father early in the show, and she, Susan said that she, she knew Dick York's son. So there you go. Oh, just cool, to prove cool. it. You've, you've come on. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for joining us. Awesome. Yeah, we, we were, we were, you know, we, we were doing it in the context of talking about her experience with Robert Reed. And, we, and I talked about how, uh, a, a, you know, one of the Darrens on Bewitched was also gay, and that's how. That's how that came up. We got into the. Sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure you've heard one. the Dick. 
Right, that's right. You've heard the you've grown up with the Dick York, Dick Sargent confusion your entire life. And so, yes, and what, so, what, what was cleared up to me is when Howard Stern said that my dad was his favorite dick. So I'm good with that. <laughs> and you That's know right. what? I knew, right. I knew Dick Sargent. I never knew your dad. But, but um, oh, we could go on and on about this. Okay, but we can go on and on about it. I Dick I, York was the better Darren. Well, thank you, sweetheart. But what I called for is... Uh, in support of you and it's it it is mind-boggling to me that somebody could have a private conversation or a private text and it become blown up like this because god forbid that anybody else have a thought or a perspective or anything else that would be against public opinion now, as far as like saying things that you regret to somebody or saying something that you uh, that's that's mean or derogative or anything, it's for crying out loud. My gosh, I've said things to my wife this last week who I love dearly that if it was broadcast over uh, social media, I would be I hate to say this, but it would be literally crucified and yeah, just, you know, and just what's happened to you over something, oh, my gosh, Susan, with the things that's been going on in your life over the last, I don't know, your entire life, you know, being a, <laughs> a, a child act, a child actress. Years. Yeah. I know with all that stuff that going on, your. Um, and I just lost my TV mom. And I was. That's exactly what I was going to bring up. You just lost your TV mo- mother. It's like, wow. Who's going to be, and you're being constantly attacked for your, for your Trump support, constantly, yeah. never ceasing attack over that, and then on top of everything else, and then somebody comes on the show that, you know, kind of backstabs you, and you write them privately, you know, and then he makes it a public stand. I, my yeah. darling, I am, I am so much in support of you. I, I we've never met in person, but... I love you. I am no. just taken back, and I was, and fortunately that, um, you know, Robert's uh, Bobby's um, daughter Karen has kept us a little bit updated on stuff that's been going on, and I oh, was really, con- yeah. I was really concerned about your well-being, and I'm so glad to hear your voice. I'm so glad to hear you laugh. I'm so glad to hear all the things that you're talking about, and. Um, I'm glad that you're letting this gonna brush off you, and uh, my love, it. I, honest to God, it will pass, and it'll oh, get better. You are so, you are so incredibly sweet, and I'm so glad to know you. And Karen brought us together. She yes, did. she did. Yes, she well, did. Well, Chris, that's great. I, I'm so glad we're really, friends. Really, Chris, really appreciate you calling in. Thanks for the call. Thanks for more support, Susan. You're that getting is- just a. A ton of. By the way, I, we, have, we have three more calls here too, uh, oh. uh, uh, on the line as well. So it's wait four more calls. Somebody, so we have a ton of people. At some point's got to bash me. <laughs> I can do that. Don't worry. If it's needed, <laughs> okay. I'm prepared. Because you've all look you you already delved into the a, a very controversial subject, which is which Darren is better, and you've come down and made a, a strong statement <laughs> that you that you think. 
that you think Dick York was the better Darren, and and obviously oh he was you're not a, he was you're not shying away from controversy because look when because you get into the Dick York allowed Samantha to do her magic, <laughs> and 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 the other Darren really got mad at her. So you've just let's go over this breaking news. Susan Olson has just accused Dick Sargent, <laughs> Darren, of being witchophobic. That's the news right here. He said, well, she's and you know what? I am an official. Um, I'm qualified to say this because I am the seventh generation do- granddaughter of a woman who was hanged in Salem. There you go. So, yeah, so you're obviously a, an expert on, on Bewitched then. And the Salem witch yeah. trial. So we we have the. Well, let's let's get to another call here because we have a, we have a number of calls. I'm going to try. It's like radio roulette. I'm going to try two two four again, to see if it possibly works this time. Let's see. And two two four, you're on the air. Hi, am I Hello? finally on? Hi. Hello. Oh my gosh. Hi. Yes. Guess who this Susan. Hi. Guess who it is? It's me. It's Karen, oh, Robert Reed's daughter. Oh my goodness gracious! Oh, okay, I'm so, so glad here to it have is. you here. Two two four was the problem. Get this, because I had my iPad running at the same time and my iPhone running at the same time, so that's why I couldn't get through. And and we both really don't that, know well, how to work this technology. But I I'm at the very I'm at the very what, honey? We are going to ride asses and laugh our horses off. Oh, now, who, now who's on the line? Sure. It's, it's Karen. Now is this the Karen you mentioned before that was Yes. This is both yeah, his daughter. I'm, yeah. So this is Robert, Robert Reed's daughter. Okay. Yes. yes, I was sending pictures to Susan last night of puppies and my dad. And you had me crying we so hard. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. No, 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 no. Beautiful tears. What? Oh, my well, gorgeous is... pictures of dad. And my very, my my other very favorite person was just on with you, Chris York. Yes. How amazing. Yes. Now. Now, now, Karen, you'd be a good person to speak to this then. Uh, do you consider Susan Olson a homophobe? Do you know that you you know her? Is she, is she okay. homophobic? That, that's, that's why that's why I'm calling in. That is absolutely the most ridiculous statement I have ever heard in my entire life. My father loved her, and she loved my father. Period. We refer to my dad as our daddy when we talk on text. That's absolutely we insane. Do. Period. And, 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 and again, this and, is... No, no, go ahead, Susan. Go ahead. Well, well, no, you know, what I wrote in 2013 was entirely because I had just been on the phone with Karen and was inspired by my love. For our dad. That's right. And, our dad. And, and Huffington Post made me... Oh, you, you, what's so insane about this all? Huffington Post made me a hero 
because I was speaking out for the gay community, which which I I gladly do. I just I didn't know that they were going to republish it. And well, and and well, and unfortunately, crucify me. Well, because <laughs> you know, you're the on the wrong day. side politically. It re, it yeah. reminds me, you know, a few years ago, a few years ago, uh, uh, Dana Carvey said something, and it, he he was talking about the Inquirer and those kind of publications. And what he said was, he said they, and he was talking about Phil Hartman, who ended up getting murdered by his wife, who committed suicide. Oh, fuck and he yeah! Said, oh, he that said, was horrible. That was horrible. Do you guys want me to said, cut out? What's that? Hmm? Do you guys want me to cut out? Oh no 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 no! Hang no. on, hang on. I was just okay. I was just going to no no stay stay, stay on Karen. since you're working. I was just going to say what he said yeah. was that places like the Inquirer, they will help you, they'll help you boost your career for a while, but, and so people use that. Celebrities will use that. They'll get a story put in the Inquirer. He said, but if things go wrong, they turn on you immediately. And he said, so it's a devil's bargain basically. You're making a deal. With the media, and that's unfortunately the way places like HuffPost work as well. If you're if you're saying something they agree, because I used to write for HuffPost, I used to I knew Ariana and Andrew Breitbart knew Ariana, lived, worked in her house, and when Andrew Breitbart was getting called racist by people at the Huffington Post, Ariana did not speak up. She knows that Andrew Breitbart wasn't racist, and uh, and and they never said anything, and so you watch. They they liked you when you were on the right side politically. Does that make sense, Susan? Like when you were on the oh, when you were on the uh, left, completely. completely taking their position. Completely, and Karen knows that too. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's not about. You know, I I believe that that what makes this country fantastic is the fact that there is this push and pull between two sides. Neither side is correct. There is no correct side. There's right and Absolutely left, and, right. and we push Absolutely and pull. Right. Yeah, and, and that's what's going on. Exactly. Yeah, I, I love I my sister so much, and also, also to to backtrack to the homophobia thing. If anybody knows anything about homophobia, I do. I lived through it my entire life. I was very popular in high school, a cheerleader. But yet there were those people that made my life hell because of who my dad was. And it continues to this day at the age of 58. So when people throw that term around that they know all about homophobia or they call Susan homophobic, they don't know, they have no clue what they're talking about. No clue. And and Karen, just to be clear with with, with the context, when did it come out? Because I don't, I don't remember this at all. When did it come out that that uh, your father, Robert Reed, was was gay? When did that when well, was that revealed? We, um, my mom publicly. And I, I mean, I think oh. it was nineteen ninety two. Thank you, Susan. You'd be better at that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I wanted. So, I okay. It came out that he died of AIDS, and I well, thought this and, was going to be so great. Well, Susan, you're saying that you're okay at your age that you found out. I was okay when I found out, probably at the same age. It didn't make any difference to me. He was my dad. Who cares? 
He was and to set the record mom. straight, here, let's, let's, let's just set the record straight. He was not gay. He was bisexual because I'm here. Yes, he was. Yes, right. he was. And I know many Period. women that he had that, that were madly in love with him. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I that, mean, he know, had his... By the way... Who wouldn't be? No, my dad well, had his swings. You know, he had his swings with other women. Just ask my mother. Oh, please don't do that. Um, but... You know, it's bothered me in my entire life. I, this one little aspect has bugged me my entire life. He's gay. I have to set the record straight. He's, I don't know why. It's just a thing I have. I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why you raise it. It's an interesting point. I've talked to people. I've talked to, to gay friends of mine about this as well. There's something about uh, bisexuality that the gay, the political, I'll call it the politically gay agenda. It's not a gay agenda. It's a politically gay agenda. They don't want to okay. admit that bisexuality exists, they, it, especially among men. They want to say, no, 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 he was really gay. No, in fact, he was really gay. Uh, and it's, it's, I it's know. a political it's problem. Because my well, son Susan, is maybe, Susan, maybe you'll know. I don't know. Was that really true? I don't even know. Who knows? I'll have to wait till I get to heaven to ask him. I don't know. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, um, and, I know. But, I, 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 you know, what, what, what bothers me the most about your dad is that he was in love, and we know this because yeah, we do. That Karen has has written. Um, uh, I, I, you, when Anne Haney said he yeah, was never to allowed to have a true love, I didn't know that right. there was. A true love. And also, and that, you know, that back then, back in the day, they thought that it was a disease. And my dad, Robert Reed, actually was sent to a psychiatrist to get de-gayized. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, this poor man well, led a tortured life, period. It was so yeah, And he was so well, wonderful. I know. Yeah, it's... It, it really is. I mean, the fact that the fact that it was it was homosexuality for a long time was declared like you like you're pointing out a mental disorder. Um, yes, right. And it then, was classified as that. That's right. Yeah, and the, the uh, uh, DM. Well, anyway, right. Karen, well, thanks a lot wanna, for joining us. We- yeah, I don't want to tie up your entire line. Uh, got tons of stuff to talk about. I just want to say, Susan, uh, you are one of the most brilliant fantastic, super smart ladies. I love you dearly and so did my dad. Okay, and and Karen, we are going to ride asses and laugh our horses off. That's right. That was a mistype. That's that's, that's an inside joke. Thank you so much for having me on. I'd love to call you You later and talk to you. Thank you, darling. Take care, guys. Bye. Oh, I love you. That's great. Thanks. I love Thanks. you. Thanks. Thanks, Karen calling. That's Robert Reed's daughter, Karen, Karen calling in. And yes, uh, apparently indeed. if we can get you, you, Roseanne, Sebastian Gorka, and Karen on horses, then I think. Oh. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, wow. 
Well, We've only got about seven my, more minutes. My, my nerve up. I, I want to make sure I'm we get to a scared of riding horses. Hang on, hang on, Susan. You're listening to Radio Stranding, and it's about uh, 53 past the hour. I want to get to make sure we get to our other calls here. Uh, 213 area code. What can we do for you? Wait, hang on one second. Don't answer that question yet. As pertinent as it is. See, what's happening, Susan, I'll press a button, and then the computer does that spinny thing that's indicating to me nothing's going on. It should be on now. Yeah, yeah you know, on. I've never been the one that worked the board. I get to do everything. There's no division of labor. 213, you're on the air. What can we do for you? Hello? Saying they're not on. Hello? Let's go to 714. Let's. Wait, Hello? <clears throat> Hello. Hello. Yeah, am I on? Hello. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, go ahead. I think go ahead. You are. <clears throat> hey, um, Susan. Hi. It's Elliot. Oh my goodness gracious! Oh my God! Oh Elliot, you, you, you. <laughs> oh, no. This is my best friend in high school. <laughs> there you. There you go. So, Elliot, you've known Susan since close friends. Yes. And you you've known her since high school, and pretty you're, much, yeah. You're 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 familiar with her homophobia, right? That's a longstanding character trait that you, she's had. She she is the devil in curls. <laughs> she she's horrible. Listen, I'm a 54 okay, year old gay man. Okay. Okay, and good. This is getting Susan is only not a homophobe. But she doesn't hate gay people either. You know, I I I I, I don't know. Ugh. It's just awful. Elliot, can I yes. you, Um I knew you were gay before you, well, no. My mother knew you were gay before <laughs> you ever told me that you were. My mother walked, watched you walk out of the house, and she said to me, this is, this is why my mom was so freaking cool. She goes, I really hope that boy knows that he's gay. <laughs> it was high school. I really, you know, you know. Um, uh, but oh, honestly, we have to I, this whole thing, I, when, I, when I first... I don't really pay very close attention to Susan's public life. I really don't. Maybe I should be paying closer attention. I don't know. However, I just got wind of something on Facebook because I follow Robbie Rist. And, you know, sometimes he posts really cool music stuff. So, you know, I check it out. The stuff that was being written about Susan, I, I was – at first was kind of chuckling, thinking like this, this can't be a serious thing, you know? And, uh, I, 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 I just don't, I, it, it's the stupidest thing to have to defend yourself over. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, well, and that's, ex- I know. Well, and Elliot, that's exactly me of lots of other things. And by the and way, Elliot, I am a little disappointed because I was hoping we'd get the dirt on Susan right there. You had, Gay man, known her since high school. I was really hoping and, you'd be able to deliver sort of the, the sucker punch here, but uh, and I was diagnosed with with AIDS in 1985, so I got that. She's stuck yeah. by me with that. 
And I have a whole host of other demons, <laughs> a whole host of monkeys on my back that she stuck, stood by me. She's trusted me with her child, her son, when he was still like an adolescent, you know, all day long, you know, to hang out with me and stuff. There's no, I, I feel really, it's embarrassing that, that there are people out there that, can put someone like Susan in, in a position like this. And I only hope that, you know, this could be a blessing in disguise. You know, I hope I someone hope so gets too. into this and, you know, you know, I'm always uh, hoping for the best for you. So anyways, I'm glad Baby, I, got I love you. you so much. I love you too. And, um, I'm glad you're okay. I was getting really worried because these liberal so-called peace-loving hippies out there are very violent, dangerous people, and and uh, I, it concerns me. Well, you know, I have been learning well. <laughs> Please do. Well, Elliot, I got I I got to tell you. I mean, I think the reason. Tell me what you think about this. And by the way, since you're gay, you shouldn't be criticizing liberals. That should be. And he was I, my best friend you, in high school. <laughs> I mean, I he's don't think still my best friend in high school. I don't think you're allowed you just to don't get high anymore. <laughs> Who doesn't get high anymore? There you go. Well, you Susan, you don't get high anymore? No, uh, no oh. he's my best friend in high school. He's still my best friend in high school. I mean, he's, he's, he's my bud, man. Oh, stop. I, 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 well, I, I, I've been acid with this guy. <laughs> I, I didn't want to bring it up. But yeah, how many people well, say they dropped acid with Cindy Brady? <laughs> <laughs> only you, my dear. Well, I <laughs> well we only have a, we we only have about a minute left. Uh, Elliot, thanks very much for calling. Thanks to everybody for All right, calling have in. A great, Susan, great day. we only we only have a minute left, but I I think what's going on here is first off, uh, Cindy Brady homophobe gets headlines. It's an easy headline, and I think really this is more about intimidating. Trump supporters suggest you in the 30 seconds we have you left. Bet. Do you think? Do you think that's what it's about? I think it. I think this is entirely about um, the left trying to silence the right, and um, I don't want to be on either side, but somebody's trying to silence the other side. And it's not right. It, well, it's just not. It's not good. It's not being a good person to silence uh, people. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Susan Olson, thanks very much for taking the time. Till tomorrow. This is Lee Stranahan. You've been listening to Radio Stranahan. Thanks, Susan. Thank you. Okay, there we go.